Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Baldies. We're in day four deliberations. We're going to try to take on the best male actor. Um, and and th- so the eligibility of this, you know, the show had to be on. It has to be a television show. No movies had to come out between January 1st and December 31st, 2021. Um, and that's it. You have to identify as male in the role. Um, before we start, like I, we had an inside joke where I flipped a CR twenty thirty two battery, uh, and I mentioned I had some bald move history, but it's it's like predates bald move. There, there. Do you remember what I'm talking about? The There's an episode of, of the old Power Play on the Gong Radio Show where our old partner Peter Street was just going on and on and on, mentioning CR twenty thirty twos by name because they were the power source for this particular Rumble Pack or memory thing. And I don't know, because I used to be a big fan of that show and just like that, that CR 2032 has been seared in my memory. God, I don't remember that. I'll have to go back and listen. That's 20 years ago, right? Like 20, getting it was there? 2006. So it's getting there. Jesus. Okay. Right, man. Let's start. We got the, uh, everything's kind of like by show. So you'll hear a lot of stuff. These are in no particular order. We're going to put them in order. Um, Jason Sudeikis from Ted. Ted Lasso. We're just doing up to the top float or to the bottom, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Brett Goldstein, Roy from Ted Lasso. I, in this context, I'm saying float. Sure. Float him. Nick Muhammad, Nate and Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Float. Mm, float. Uh, Tohid <laughs> Jamo from uh, Sam from Ted Lasso. Float. Ted Lasso is the, the it of male actors we all float down here they true uh still the comedy the comedy keeps coming uh matt barry as laszlo what we do in the shadows to the top or float this was not his jackie daytona season although he this did have not some his good jackie stuff J- no it, <laughs> right. it wasn't i would i would say this is uh, a less laszlo heavy this mm-hmm. was a lot more nandor and nadia heavy which is fine yeah and he had an episode um, or two to shine with Colin, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Floating? Uh, sure. Yeah, floating. Floating in the air like a, a bat? Joel Kinnaman, Ed Baldman for All Mankind. Here we floating go. or to the toppin'? Uh, let's, let's to the toppin'. I, I feel like all these dramas are going to to the top on these comedies. Oh, uh, too bad. Jason, you had you had your reign at the top for a bit there, Ted Lasso. I mean, I think Jason uh, Michael, Sudeikis might be the exception, though, because he's got a great scene in that mm, season. But we'll talk about it. Michael Dorman, Gordo from All Mankind. Uh, to the top. Come on. To the top with Gordo. Whoops. Got into the female actors. Um, Keon Alexander. Ooh. As the arch villain Marco from season six of The Expanse, I I do like what he's putting on screen. It's just he's an unlikable guy. I mean, he's a likable guy in an unlikable scenario. I don't know. He's a likable bad guy. Jim Jones, yeah, taking the oppressor's line in there undue persecution of the actor Keon Alexander. That's my dime store, Marco. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. James Holden of the Rosinante. I don't know, man. 
Keon. He's I'm doing f- what he needs to do, but well, I'm, I mean, I just say, I just, I'm just, I'm trying to float, sink, or rise because we're going to talk about all these guys as we go through the fine pass. But these sounds like we're not even, we're not going to to the top them. Probably not. Probably float him. Okay. How about his his son, Josiah Chase Owens, who plays Philip on The Expanse? I he's less one note, and I liked what he's doing. Uh, I might to the top him. Interesting. What do you think? All right. Fuck you, Keon Alexander. I, I always find it interesting that people like when you can play a villain that's good. Like I think having an instantly punchable face is either you know either got one or you don't. Yeah. But then taking that and maximizing the heat that you get, like, um, I, I think is a talent, and I think this guy's got it. I mean, if you want but- to the top, Keon. Well, we totally uh, can. I, I definitely think Josiah's doing a more interesting performance. So, yeah, that's yeah. fine. That's fine. We might change our mind. Um, I tell you what, though. Lee Pace playing oh, yeah. Brother Day needs to go straight to the fucking top uh, from Foundation. Yep. That is – we'll have a lot to say about that here in a minute. Also, what about Jerry Harry? Uh, does this – he was in foundation for about 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And but he's entire really good. Season. He is, but it's also not his most impressive role. You know, it's like he's there doing what he needs to do. He's got the one scene in the court. Uh, he's but, got the one scene in the court. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's kind of, he's kind of coasting the rest of the season. He's got, he's got the other, you know, giving a speech scene to the people on the, the, the ship who are headed to terminus. Um, like we're gonna we're gonna float Jerry here. Yeah, I'd, I'd float him based on this role. Sorry, Harry. All right, Terrence Mann. Oh, to the top, baby. To the top. Here we go. Yeah, I don't some know why the, that keeps happening. Some of the shit he's Man, doing. That's Brother Dust from Foundation. Then we also we got the matching set Brother Don from Foundation. Cassie and Bilton. And we kind of to put him top? on here just to talk about him briefly. Um, All right. Well, let's leave him in the float zone because we'll, I would we'll, float he's, him. He's, he's, He's in that Keon, Jerry, Cassian float zone. Mm-hmm. He's on the float. Uh, okay. <laughs> Himesh Patel, Jeevan from Station Eleven. Ah, yeah. I really like him. I like this actor, and I'm not sure I know exactly why. He's got really good comic timing and mm-hmm. also really good dramatic chops. And he's also like uh, 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 um, a Paul Giamatti, like kind of a woodchuck type of man, which I always <laughs> identify with and enjoy in Hollywood. <laughs> like like a character actor, character actor who's also just out there kind of like getting these lead roles. I, I dig that. I, I think he's to the top. So I know he has more range than he shows in this show because his character is a lot like... Uh, Jason Bateman's character in Ozark where when he huh. when he's presented with uh, bad news or a challenge or something he doesn't have much of an outward reaction uh, he, hmm. he's kind of like he's got one go to reaction that he uses for all scenarios in this show but I've seen him in other stuff and I know he can do more but yeah I, I really liked him in the show so I could to the top him All right, second if the you're top. interested uh, what about David Wilmont, who's Clark from Station Eleven? I think he definitely needs to be at the top. He's a right. big part of that season, and I think he's got a lot of complicated material to work with. Okay, fine. 
<laughs> I know and you weren't super enamored with. Oh no, and you didn't then, even put him to the top. You just you wouldn't even put him at number one. You said, "Nah, he can't be a number one." That's for because any I knew Nicholas Holt was going to the top from his work oh, on the grade. Okay, okay. <laughs> that didn't take very long. Uh, again, not a lot of prestige. Even when we we're going through, and a lot of this stuff was like ensemble. Yes. Um, and, and and no one's work was kind of standing out. We can talk about maybe some honorable mentions as we go through this. But let's start with Nicholas Holt. Um, so Nicholas Holt, and I've said this again, um, he is the best version of a character like Joffrey Baratheon I've ever seen. To the extent that late in season two, you're kind of coming around on this guy and being like, you know what? Maybe Catherine the Great should give this guy a, a, a another chance, despite all of the terrible things he's done, despite all the murder and death he's responsible for. Uh, mm. You kind of want you, he's he's that fucking charming and he's that well written. Uh, I think it's amazing that you can be like this, this watchable as a villain. And, uh, you know, before I saw him on the great, I didn't think much of this guy. You know, this was like a genre work kind of guy. And uh, he's just so fucking funny and also with enough acting that he can do because the, the way you turn a corner in anybody like this is you start to, re- you know, you start to figure out like, ah, you know what, if I grew up the way this guy grew up, maybe I'd be as fucked up and I would look at life a lot different, you yeah. know, um, and, and you got to be able to engage the audience's empathy to even have a, a shot at that. And this is not like just me, like this is all anyone ever talks about in the show is that like how good this guy is, the villain I think that's hard. I think that's hard. Like, cause I can't imagine mm-hmm. like Jack Gleason turning that corner on game of Thrones, you know, like right. I've said, like imagine in Brown season three, you're like, you know what? Sansa really should rethink about how I, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. He cut off her dad's father or her dad's head, but you know, um, mm-hmm. it's pretty amazing. He probably won't stick at number one. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Uh, argue for David Wilmot because I thought Clark was a very empty suit character, like a charlatan fraud character, and I understood his character like as that. And then the, he also was this like serious thespian that's in the quoting Shakespeare and stuff. It just didn't do it for me. So you, I, I'm thought, not going to fight you taking him over Nicholas Holt, but like, yeah, I, I thought Clark here? was a very insecure man, and the way that like they portray that the way that David Wilmot portrays that is with a lot of fronting right like he he I felt like he was second banana to um shit what's his name the the very charismatic actor uh in that show yeah yeah the dad uh, of the prime yeah I, I can't remember either uh yeah but he he was kind of second banana to him in the, his acting career and and as a person right like the other guy was just more charming and everyone liked him and clark felt so, oh oh we're sneaking oh, into the shit, video I'm here sorry. <laughs> so, sorry i was trying to move something around my fault no problem uh and the way he portrays that is like as a guy who wants to make himself appear more important and appear more um, established as a human being than he is. And then you see those cracks from time to time. And you especially see those cracks where like the, the relationship he has with the other actor guy whose fucking name I need to look up. Uh, Cause okay, I'm going to be talking that. about him for a while. Um, 
and if Arthur, it's Arthur. There you go. Uh, yeah, his relationship with Arthur, how that manifests, and like the breakdown, especially later in the that season when you see him uh kind of hanging out with Arthur and he goes overboard on his drinking and then he tells Arthur what he really thinks about him and it, it kind of reveals who he is and the mask he's been wearing the whole time and I thought of all of the actors in this show he had some of the most complex work to do and you can argue about you know whether the the character is likable or whatever but I think David Wilmont did a fantastic job portraying all these different aspects of a very insecure man trying to step into a role that even he doesn't feel like he fully owns uh, in that airport stuff. So here's my criticism because, because I hear what you're saying there and I guess what I would have, what I was looking for if that was what they're going for is there should be a duality. Like when he's giving his speechifies speeches in front of the press, he should look completely composed and utterly confident. And then you see the fractures behind the scenes. But like I said, I always thought he seemed like a bullshit artist, even when he was doing his public proclamations, hmm. like at the end, at the end of his like big ver, uh, ver, uh, rotunda speech at the airport, like if, instead of like cheering and clapping, I'd have been like, Boo, boo, you forget. We're not leading you. You know, like I would be actively trying to depose this guy because he just seems like an idiot. I never. And I think that's I don't think it's uh, David Wilmont's problem. I think it's the way the character was adapted from the the source. Yeah, Um, it just did not like that. That's what I'm saying. Like that. I I felt like to be effective, I had to feel the magic spell that he was able to cast and he wasn't able to get there for me. But. That could okay. be my fucked up expectations or the fact that just like that particular plot, I had a whole bunch of like little nitpicks to, and it all just kind of added up and, and, and tarnished him. But uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I know you really had problems with that fifth. I think it's the fifth episode where that happens. All the, mm-hmm. the airport stuff. Yeah. I mean, but I also thought he was like terrible as, uh, you know, Hamlet's father, you know, like that. I, I just thought uh, when he broke scene, in the middle of the thing, the, 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 I don't know, to confront the, the cult boy leader. I just, I thought that was goofy too. It felt like a flubbed line more than, you know, huh? I, I, I don't know. There's, there's so many things I just thought felt wrong, false about that and his performance. And again, it could have been the writing, but like, is the opposite yeah. of how I felt about, um, Hamesh Patel's like natural work with, um, the the little girl version of Mackenzie Davis. Um, mm-hmm. Like I thought his stuff was like solid and I always believe like I bought his um, not reluctant guardianship, but kind of like the resentful guardianship. Yeah. And but also I didn't know this was going to turn into what it turned into. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah it's like when God, I started I'm a good this guy, but yeah. what the fuck does that mean? What does the terms of a good guy? When do they expire? And also, I'm not a monster, so I'm going to try to like, you know, give it a go. And I, I, I felt yeah. like that stuff was really good work. And David Wilmot was very just hmm. unconvincing. Yeah, I, I didn't feel like I, I saw as many aspects of Jeevan as I saw of Clark, um, which to me, you know, is makes the acting a little bit easier. Um, cause you can kind of hit a couple of notes and be good. Whereas I felt like Clark had a lot of complex, uh, character 
points, but uh, I will what say, say I, I thought it was super satisfying the sort of conclusion to the Jeevan and uh, Kirsten arc. And I thought like you get a couple more layers toward the end of that season with Jeevan where, mm-hmm. you know, he's got sort of a new life and yeah. And then his old life reintroduces itself in a weird way. I did appreciate what he was doing in those scenes for sure. Um, who was the who? Who'd you say was the the main his his acting friend? Arthur. Arthur. Yeah. I thought some of the stuff he did with Arthur and dealing with his addiction and kind of like his latent feelings for him. I thought that 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 stuff that didn't matter to the big picture so much was was good stuff. But yeah, every some all of the, the stuff, stuff that was like structural about him being the part of the triumphant and all that. I, I just buy it, but um, he's sitting there at number two. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I mean, I, since we both like Jeevan so much, I might be inclined to, to put him uh, above David Wilmot, but. Oh, I would do it easy. I, but I also like so the stuff that, he's... that Clark had with Miranda. Um I thought some of that stuff was good, but mm. it wasn't. It wasn't a huge part of the season. Okay. The other thing about Jeevan is that episode where he ends up in the pregnancy center or whatever it is. Um, yeah, that was a very good episode as well. Yeah, and he did some. Yeah, he did. Interesting he had a lot there. of different things he could do. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, there do. was a lot more variety in that performance than I. First a lot of seasons for. to him, like you know the the unsure kind of resentful uh, something foisted upon him, the less reluctant, more like learning to kind of give in to the chaos of life and be a servant, and then the one that's integrated all those things and he's kind of like a Zen master at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, best part of the show, like that that the, the him and Mackenzie Davis made. Uh, uh, I felt like Station Eleven worth my time. Although again, yeah. I'm an outlier. Most people like this a lot more than mm-hmm. I did. So like you know, yeah, I still think I it's do. worth watching for 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 the main the, the main arc that comprises a third of the show and and just how beautiful it is. Um, shall we move on to Terrence yeah. Mann? Um, I, I I'm going to easily put him over David Wilmot for myself. I think brother, although brother, brother I, Dusk yeah. is not the greatest of the brothers. No, it's probably Lee Pace, but like, I don't know. It, it's so hard to separate all these guys because the the casting is so perfect so well here. Together. Yeah, and the way they play off each other is so good. Um, and then also, and they're Lee playing Pace each a, other at, from time to time, right? Like Terrence Mann plays other, the character yeah. that Lee Pace starts playing in this series. So that's the really interesting thing is to see mm-hmm. the definitely you can see like the Lee Pace of this generate because this character just to get you kind of hot for Foundation because I think you know Foundation is flawed, but holy hell, the stuff that they're doing right is done very well. Yeah, um, they're playing what they call a genetic dynasty, which the uh, the the emperor of mankind, uh, like some hundred years ago, decided that he was going to be the last one, and and he has clones made, and uh, they decant these clones thirty year twenty yeah thirty years apart. So mm-hmm. when old man Cleon at ninety is dying, they've got the newborn out of the tank, uh, who becomes brother Day. 
the 30-year-old brother Dawn, or no, he becomes brother Dawn. The 30-year-old brother Day, who was Dawn, now becomes brother Day. And then the prime brother Day becomes brother Dusk. Mm. And they just keep on doing So Lee Pace is always brother Day. Um, and there's a cycle of, is always brother Dusk. of learning, of control, and of wisdom that it kind of all feeds back into each other. And yeah, we get a, to see... a triune emperor figure. And we can see multiple eras of that, right, over the course of this first season. So the characters we know as Brother Day and Brother Dawn become Brother Dusk and Brother Day by the end of it. Yeah, and and seeing Terrence Mann in the later season playing the Lee Pace character recognizably like uh-huh. these had different mannerisms and like you know but they're all clones so it's very it's all very subtle work too yeah um i think it's difficult work and uh terrence mann slapped lee pace in the <laughs> mm-hmm. in, in the production of this series um i think it's great i think uh I, I think it's better than i i think i have a hard time putting it over hamesh patel also, I'm not sure that Nicholas Holt should be at the top. What the fuck? Did we? Did, like, I mean, I'm totally I, I think, unsure because I've not seen I, it. I think so. both. Okay. So I, I think both of the Station Eleven guys should go over Nicholas oh, Holt. Okay. Okay. Uh, Terrence Mann, I would put over Nicholas Holt. I'd put over David Wilmont, and that's about where he would stop. Hmm. Okay. Do you say no, or do you think that's about right? Uh, or do you think he has trouble getting over David Wilmont? Trying to remember the standout stuff. He had Terrence Mann has a lot of good stuff in here. Um, he he can be very menacing, right? Um, when he's mm-hmm. talk when he's like finding out about Brother Don's deception and yeah. um, so there's big he can also father gets home energy feel very frail and unimposing in in his final moments. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just a lot of variety in that performance. And that's something I value. I forgot that he plays brother. I thought they had a different actor for brother dusk, but they don't No, brother, brother dusk. And yeah. And, and brother, that's just Ter- That's just Terrence man and real heavy old man makeup. Interesting. Yeah. 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 I, like I said, I'd, I'd put him over, I'd put him over David Wilmont. Do you feel comfortable with that or no? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, but not over Hamesh. Uh, I don't know why we don't put him over. I mean, now that I'm talking about it. Uh, hmm, man, that's a tough one. Because let's leave him there for now and see what Lee Pace does. Well, I'm going to tell you what. Lee Pace is going right over Terrence Mann for me. <laughs> okay, can so you defend why Lee Pace has a higher position here than Terrence Mann? Because Lee Pace doesn't have to do what Terrence Mann does. I I never feel like Lee Pace is playing the aged brother Don, whereas I feel like Terrence Mann is playing an aged brother Day. Really? Yeah. Because I definitely get that the, the second brother Day is the first brother Don. I mean, he and, says it a couple of times, like. But you don't actually get the performance aspect of it. Not as much. Not as much. 
I just think that Lee Pace has a hell of a lot more to do. Like his, he does, uh, yeah. you know, the, the, the spiral episode, he was yeah. amazing. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the early goings where he's, you know, puffing his chest out and in front of Harry, um, or like where he, he, he killed, uh, one of his court math petitions just with his sheer force of will and scariness, right. uh, and the execution after, um, you know, the scar stuff happened with the, with the space yep. elevator coming down. Those yep. scenes are very impressive. Yeah. And he's a little bit scenery chewy, but kind of in the way that that role is called for, like mm-hmm. he is the personification of a galactic empire that's larger and more grander than anything we've ever seen in fiction. So like, yeah, you kind of start off in high camp gear. Um, but I, you're right. Terrence Mann is doing more subtle work, but Lee Pace is just like painting with big, broad, broad strokes. Yeah. But I and like that. It's a delight to watch for sure. It's so much fun. And Lee Pace is just so. Also, oh my God, the scene in the the courtyard where he's lining, like outlining exactly how oh, he's going to erase right. this woman from all human hit. Like, like she, he's, she's going to be erased yeah. from the universe. Like the almost in a godlike way, like God blotting you out of the book of life, you know, kind of thing. Um, that's a yeah. great scene. He plays a pretty terrifying character. Yeah. Uh, but he's also sympathetic. He also plays like childlike when he's like uh-huh. dealing with, um, um, the, uh, Hachi's, uh, man, Bur- Bur- Burns character. Shit. What is Demerzel. that? Uh, Demerzel. Yes. Thank uh-huh. you. Jesus. So but, I, but also in a over. deceptive way. Yeah. I, Mm-hmm. I, I think I can get behind it. I think. Could you get it behind p- putting him over Jeevan? Uh, brother Don or Brother Day going over Brother uh, Brother Jeevan? Yeah. 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 Okay. I think so too. But I don't think Terrence does. Mm. I, I, I don't know I'm how to justify that. I'm a sucker for that. Terrence, man. I, I, just really I don't know think how I justify that. He's good, even though he's not as big of a part to play um the scary thing i'm looking down this list is going to be this for all mankind block i'm terrified of that block (laughs) um man yeah Uh, i'm terrified of that block for the female actors as well because holy shit yeah um, why can't I find Terrence? If I spelled Terrence man, uh, oh, here we go. There's two Terrence mans going on right now. One's a basketball player. Okay. Oh, right. This guy was rum, tum, t- tugger and cats. Uh, Weird. that's why I love him so much. <laughs> hmm. Um, okay. What, um, what else we want? I mean, uh, Josiah Chase about? Owens. Josiah Chase Owens. So this is a guy who I almost just want to talk about. Yeah. Um, first of all, I want to talk about the casting. This guy looks literally like the son of Naomi Nagata and Marco Inaros. Yeah. Uh, the way that they split the difference between Keon Alexander and um, uh, 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 Dominic Tripper, Tipper is crazy and i i think that's like if you find a person that and can also play young like he mm-hmm. plausibly could be a 17 18 year old I've, I've there's kids at my son's high school like seniors that look that look like this guy yeah. um 
and the vulnerability. Like, I think he does a good job of playing like uh, where he's switching between kind of his mother's archetype and his father's archetype and trying to trying to find a way. So it's that daylight where he can please them both. Maybe um, he plays really well as afflicted uh, uh, as a conflicted uh, teenager caught in an, in a terrorist war. Mm-hmm. Um, and but there's but. Well, I was no, going to no. say, and I, I don't know what other gears this, this guy has, Josiah has, um, but based on this performance, he plays really well as like the character who thinks he needs to be strong and is putting that on um, it, it, because it comes through in the performance, right? That this is not actually how he feels. It's it's just how he needs to to act in this moment. Yeah, yeah. I think he's very, very good at that. Trying to think because it is. Um, I think like his best scene is the ones where he is like getting to know that that his coworker that's like they're mm-hmm. doing a hell repair and he finds out about his brother. Like he he's kind of finding out like the lies of his father through the lens of this information. This guy, you know, he's he's destroying his faith in his father. This guy has no idea what he's doing. No, you did that. That that's really good. Um, yeah, especially when he finds out that you know he his brother was on that station, and like his mm-hmm. his the consequences of his own actions coming home to roost are like, yeah, the, the, those are the best parts of his performance for sure. And just how well I think Keon Alexander, because like a lot of the reasons I hate him so much is how uh, brutal he is with his fa- his son in terms of the emotional abuse. Mm-hmm. And uh, they that the roles wouldn't work together as as they wouldn't wouldn't work as well as they do together. Um, I don't know that he goes higher than this. I was so. gonna say that said, I feel like he's right where yeah. he needs to be at the moment, and I'm looking forward right. to more of his stuff. Can we talk about Michael Dorman as Gordo God. for All Mankind? Because what up. a fucking arc! This up. guy was such a such a kind of a loser in the beginning of this, uh, you, you know, like the end of last season, beginning of this, and you just kind of, and, and the way they, he turned, they turned that around and got him to be the hero. Like well, how high does, how high does he rise? Uh, pretty damn high. I'm a sucker for Michael Dorman. I, I think he is great. Um, I need to refresh my memory on some of the, uh, plot points of season two of for all mankind because i don't remember exactly how he turns out i remember a a general arc right he's got like his his kids who are grown now um trying to go off to school um he's kind of been left alone he's he's down in the dumps and he wants to get back into space right but but he doesn't even really like it's not his idea right it's ed's idea trying to get his friend out of the hole yeah, but he doesn't know like how deeply traumatized he was by the experience. Like he's got right. like, and he's he's and he's trying, trying to, to help his friend who yeah yeah like he knows is sort of broken too, right? Because he remembers how fucked up Ed got, or sorry, not Ed Gordo got in this yeah. this moon base last season. Yeah, and I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. In that typical like 1950s macho, be a man kind of way, he's just telling him his friend to get his shit together. Just mm. pick yourself up and dust yourself off, man, and go back out yeah. to space in the exact same scenario you were in before. And, and Gordo like halfway gets there, you know. I, mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a really really good arc. He gets like uh, he, he's like trying to white knuckle exposure therapy. I yes. feel like you know like it's such all these a bad idea. To, 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 and and it, it but it works because uh-huh. he wants to get Tracy back so much so much right and that's the thing is like I also felt like that could that they'd be such a pathetic thing and it ends up being like kind of sweet and poignant in the way he kind of mm-hmm. goes about it is gallant you know like he goes like to I'm gonna try and husband, get you back like, but on your terms right like yeah 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 and I thought the way they handled that was pretty good for a yeah. soap opera as some of the. Uh, some of the other plots got to be on this season. Uh, so sure. I, how high is he rise? That's the only question I have now, Jim. Uh, like I said, I'm a sucker um, for him. I'd go to the top at least number four at the moment. And then we can start talking. Okay. Um, I think he's better than Terrence, man. I don't know. Yeah, I do. I kind of do. <laughs> this is so subjective. I think he's better. God, yeah, I don't and then know. We're gonna get, and then Wait, we're going to get yeah, the fucking Ted do. Lasso. Then we're going to get the Ted Lasso. And this is just so. Right. Right. This God, is... if Barry came back this year, it'd be even harder. Like, Oh, shit. Well, get ready for next year, man. I know. Uh, this I, I feel very uncon- uncomfortable about this category. Can we just give it to 10 d- dudes and, you know. Sure. 10 out of 10. They all win. Yeah, they're all good. Um, I, okay, let's. So, do you think he's better? Gun to your head, better, better than Terrence Mann's brother Dusk. I mean, I think Michael Dorman has more charm in one of his pinky fingers than anybody else on this list. I think Michael Dorman is fantastically charming. And he turns it on every once in a while in this season. The season one, he's like next level charming. In this, he's kind of beaten down. But when he gets with Tracy, there's just like, I don't know, an electricity that comes off of both of them. Yeah, they play real good. They're, they play real well together. Yeah. Um, and I don't see that in, in any of these other places. Um, okay. And and he does have some very complex things to do. It's not so like he just to needs to smile. Are you saying to the top? I, I'm kind of want to put him to the top, man. Oh man, I don't know. Okay, to the top. What do you oh, think? Shit. <laughs> All the way. He broke the scale. He he, he, <laughs> he killed the category. Okay. Well, I don't know about how do you that. feel? How do you feel? I don't know about that, but I don't know about mm-hmm. Lee Pace being at the top because it's such a handy performance, such a big performance. Mm-hmm. Um. I think there's good. There's people seething. There's station 11 people seething. I don't, I don't know. I get um, it, but those people might not have seen foundation or sorry for all mankind. How about Joel Kinnaman? Cause I'm going to say Joel <sighs> Kinnaman, uh, as the, you know, he's been the kind of guy we've been talking about, the guy pushing Gordo to greatness. Um, yeah. and we have talked about that. He is kind of like a solid guy. We, he mm-hmm. was okay. And, uh, for, for the, as the Republican challenger, in uh, House of Cards, he's pretty good as uh, uh, was Takeshi Kovacs or Kovacs. Oh, whatever, I forgot about Alter the Carbon. Alter Coven. I, I thought he was pretty good in season one of that. I thought he's pretty good as the Colonel Flag in uh, Suicide Squad. Oh, right. Um, he is very buttoned down, military, efficient, precise, uh, mm-hmm. uh, can be a bully. 
Um, but the scene that really like blew me away was when he came home and his wife and adopted daughter had negotiated the between what they thought would be the the real conflict of letting her go to Annapolis to to go to West Point like her father. West Point is that that's my BRB Annapolis, the Naval College, whatever. Yeah. Um, they go to Navy for school and he because of they previously lost their son in the last season, just fucking comes unglued and forbids it. And it's yeah. a frightening scene. And, it's terrifying. Uh, yeah. Cause he's a very imposing but, man. He's large. He's very muscular, very tall. <laughs> and he doesn't mind using like, as, as, as it happens and he doesn't mind using his physical power to uh, intimidate people from time to time. Mm-hmm. And he does it as family, but then like they all kind of like walk themselves back from that familial cliff and yes. that scene is just fan fucking tastic. It's like one of the things where like I was like, you know, edge of my seat uh, this mm-hmm. season watching. So like, it's one of the one best scene. scenes I saw all year. It's I fantastic. I totally agree. I just don't know how to wait that one scene in this one performance because otherwise, this is a very this guy's is very structurally important to the show, but he doesn't get to do because of his character's nature. He doesn't get to do a lot of flashy stuff. Yeah. So that's the thing. I feel like he can go up a couple of spots, but he might, he might end up at six. I'm having a hard time. Yeah. Yeah. Just because of the nature of the role. I even have a hard time putting him over Nicholas Holt, to be honest. Okay. I might, I might adjust that. I don't know. I'll see how I feel. Uh, Oh man. Jason Sudeikis. He's so good. And yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's Ted Lasso. And there's a lot. There's, he's so good that like there's a part p- ports and ports. There's ports, ports in the early. <laughs> there's parts in the early going of Ted Lasso season two where I'm like, has the writers room lost their touch? Because like Ted Lasso's like the the shine on the stars is just a little bit off. Mm-hmm. But by the time you see the whole season, I think that's a deliberate trajectory that he is like having a harder and harder time. Yeah holding on to this corn pone optimism in the face of life kicking him in the teeth and things not going the way, you know, and him not processing his own, his own bullshit, even though he's telling everybody else to handle theirs. So like, and as that cracks more, and as it cracks more, it gets even better because like people start to notice and he knows that people start to notice and his stuff with the, the therapist this season is pretty fantastic. Like he has, that monologue when he finally breaks down uh, yeah. in front of her. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Jesus, God damn it. I got to get searching happening. Yeah. Uh, seeing your DMs. Ah! I'm seeing all kinds of shit. My God. Okay. But yeah, the, the, the monologue, the, the interaction with his therapist when he finally breaks down and that whole series of interactions with her actually. It, you know, it's, it's fantastic. I almost... I almost thought about Sarah um, nominating Sarah Miles for this or Niles for this. But the thing is, is like they direct her like George Lucas directs Natalie Portman in The Phantom Menace. Yeah. yeah. She's just extremely calm and reserved therapist person. And mm. that's. It's great, but it's it, it's 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 not got a lot of range to it. You know, it's the yeah. same thing with Coach Beard is like, I guess right. like, should we put Coach? But like Coach Beard is also very, even though he had like probably the most gonzo episode, which I didn't think worked for me very well because mm-hmm. he is like this. He's just kind of like this one note. And that's the that's the show's built on that part of his performance. 
So then when they did give him an episode to kind of fly, I'm like, ah, I don't know if I buy this beard. Yeah. But uh I'm yeah. with you. But Jason um, Sakis is clearly the star of that show. Um Yeah. Yeah. Uh how high does he go? Because I'm having a hard time. I can put him over, over Kinnaman. Man. Okay, what about well, you're you're the Clark uh banner waiver, so the, the Clark wall. <laughs> I'm I'm standing along the Clark wall with my rifle out guarding it furiously. Uh He's at number six, right? Because that's the thing. The top five is where the Baldy Glory is at. You got honorable mention top ten sometimes, but top top five is what gets read out. I don't know. I could almost see him going over Clark. I, mm. Yes, extinguish Clark from the top five. Get him out. Get him out. Don't want him sullying my award show. <laughs> <laughs> This is the wrong oh, way to go about negotiating with Jim, by the way. All right, I'll just dig in. He'll spite me. He'll yep. Spite me. Dig dig in spite. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I like Jason Sudeikis. He's got a lot of charm. He's got a lot of... And he impresses me as like a guy I think is primarily a comic actor. Uh, yeah. I, thoroughly impressed by his guys. dramatic chops. Fucking, uh, he's like a Bob Odenkirk. Um, yeah, in the way he's surprising uh, me there. And Bill Hader, yeah, all these funny yep. guys uh, can can turn on the drama too. Um, okay, all do right, we, we get... want to put him over David Wilmot or no? Yeah, let's pop him up one. Yes, yes. Uh, okay, that brings us to Brett Goldstein, who's Roy on Ted Lasso, oh. and. Love Roy. There's another guy who's pretty much one note, although yeah. honestly, the stuff that he did with um, the uh, Juno Temple and, oh, and his, uh, okay. I guess it's his niece, her um, niece, yes. where he shows some vulnerability because this character is invulnerable. He mm-hmm. is uh, a hard man, as they call him in the show. And that's kind of like he's professionally known as being uh, a guy who will kick your ass and not shed a tear about it. And then when he actually gets, starts getting in touch with his emotions, but it's still it's it's very much like the therapist role we mentioned before, Sarah Niles. It's just like, you know, he just kind of he's he's got the eyebrows and he talks like this and mm-hmm. curses. Everyone's a lot. Everyone's afraid of him. Curses yep. a lot. He's he doesn't angry. blow a whistle. He just screams whistle. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to talk about him. I yeah. think I think it's it's a it's a great fucking character that he's created yep. and conceived and then decided no one else could play him but himself. Yeah, um, and I. I, I don't know. Let's talk about Nick Muhammad because I think that's a slightly more interesting version of a one note <sighs> character. Because he's yeah. coming to his own this season, and that's the thing is like his public face is a one note right thing. But anytime they show like him in private moments where he's like physically abusing himself and spitting at himself in a mirror, mm-hmm. um, and like uh, uh, ego surfing Twitter for Nate the Great stuff. Uh, and then like, disrupted by the one thing that says, maybe Nate's not so great. And then he just fucking goes off. Yeah. I... Yeah. His nice guy fragility is frightening. Like when you see yeah. like how vicious he's able to be to someone that he thinks is one down from him. Like there's yeah. like, you know, Nate's a, very sympathetic character, but there's so much fucked up psychology behind him. Um, yes, and I think his and they worked really hard to fine tune that performance all season long. I was really impressed by it. I think it's better than 
Brett for sure. Um, like I think I it's up to, there with what Nicholas Holt is doing. Yeah. Um, who does Joel Kinnaman? I think Joel Kinnaman might get bumped down a notch by Nick. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and until he demo, uh, Sam, as yeah. Sam, he's got this complicated, uh, relationship with Rebecca all season. He, I said, so that's the problem. I didn't like that storyline. I, I thought either. that I, I can't believe a show as smart as this show is, um, failed to touch on the potential minefield. It yes. was almost like a propriety thing. It's like, Oh, you know, if the guy, Man, that's just the start of how fucked the up conflict of interest is. It, oh and they God. get there, but they just brush up against it. <laughs> Not, they don't really dwell on it. Right. And and Sam is so just unambiguously good. Yeah. Almost like a saint like character. He's got this strong relationship with his father. He takes these strong social stances. He's the leader of the you know, spiritual. Well, I don't think he's the leader of the team, actually, but he's like one of the stalwarts of the team. Um, but he never gets angry or upset or even really hurt. And he only makes good decisions. I think he's not, he's a good character here. He's a good, uh, comedy hero, but like, it doesn't give this guy a chance to shine at all. So like, I think he's other kind than, of floating down here with Brett. Yeah. Other than his amazing smile, he doesn't, he, he has doesn't got an amazing smile. Yeah. 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 And I think now I think they're setting him up for some growth and pathos in, in the next season. Because he's the one that, like, you know, we keep on – I think everyone in Ted Lasso is going to have some kind of uh, emotional baggage and trauma. And, you know, he's from the kind of, you know, like kind of a, 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 a developing country, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe dealing with um, some strife and conflict and corrupt. So, like, there's probably some shit in his past. but Oh, and in his future. I mean, he made a very powerful enemy uh, he did. this season. So, that's going to come back. God, that guy losing his shit at him yeah. was so fucking funny. Um, okay, we've warped, we've we've warped, warped back around to Matt Berry. All right, what we do in the shadows? Uh, honestly, I think he's he's right up there, like maybe a notch below Nicholas Holt. I mean, Matt Berry's amazing, he's, but he's Matt Berry, right? He's Matt Berry he's in Matt everything Barry. he's in, and it's a great. He's just so character. fucking funny. Just the way he talks and handles himself, mm-hmm. like, yeah. listen and hawk. It's just like this. I don't know what you call it because it's not even like faux intellectual. Mm-mm. It's just Matt it's grandiose. brand, man. It, yeah, <laughs> pompous, pompous, and grandiose, and but but uh, but also coarse and common. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Um, uh huh. Yeah, he's it's it's very hard to it's a Shameless. very neat cadence and yeah and yeah but but he carries himself like he is uh he's Matt Barry who's kind of a schlubby dude mm-hmm. but he carries himself with the confidence and a swagger of like uh Jeff Goldblum yeah minus the kind of like awkward nervous energy like he just sells as a stud and it's kind of mm-hmm. amazing. Where I I I I'm dead serious. I think he's right below. I think he rounds out our top ten. Okay. Boop, 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 boop. Uh, did we talk about Keon Alexander? I think I did. Uh-huh. Like he's just pretty much. He's what he's doing is really good. 
but it is awful one note. I just want to, I just yeah. want to just strangle the life out of this guy. And he's not uh, as good at it as like a Joffrey, as a, a Jackie Gleason, right? Like, yeah, or a a, a Nicholas Holt, maybe. Um, but he's, yeah. he's he's good looking. That's part of the punchability of it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he's got the uh, almost Alan Rickman like. Uh, pausing and like like Alan Rickman and and Bill Shatner got together for the coaching class and like mm-hmm. the weird halting emphasis on things it's it's uh it's good um we 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 talked about Jared Harris like he's great he's just in the he's in it too little and then Cassian Bilton did we talk about did we talk about what we haven't made? talked about why he's made this list okay I, to me this is a case of like I was not impressed by anything he was doing until they showed me the contrast of what he can do. Um, the character of Brother Day, or sorry, Brother Dawn is kind of a, a nothing person, right? He's like very, very conflicted about his role in this passive spoiling, but but also conflicted, and you know, yeah, but he's not like. He's, he's not to be taken seriously because he's just learning, uh, right? He's trying to become brother today. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't impressed by what Cassian was doing there necessarily, but then they show you a version of brother day or no brother Dawn. <laughs> Sorry. This is very confusing. Who's on the outside of the empire and who is a very different character who is like, angrier and, and and part of a resistance movement against the empire right and that duality is what really made me go okay cassian can act um especially the, the, that, that scene where those those two versions of him come yes. into conflict and to like mock the correct the true brother day he like slips between those two performances yes. in like a blink of an eye and that's what made me like oh shit because right. i yeah, think about because he switched accents, demeanor, uh-huh. everything, and in, that's in the same pretty sentence. hard to do. Yeah, yeah, it's like Andy Circus doing Golem and Smeagol, right? Like, except right. for he's also not in a face rig; he's actually doing it. Like it's not a it, yeah. I, I thought that was uh, shows that this kid has got some layers, and I'm really excited to see what he does with Brother Day. You know, because these mm-hmm. these roles are going to be, as far as I know, in, in the whole series. I'm I'm really interested to see how these guys all kind of like grow into these roles. Yeah, and how bizarre it's going to get. <laughs> um, and we were talking to Jared Harris. I think that's our 16, our top five. Oh, we're good. good at the top five. Michael, really, Gordo, Gordo? Is number one. I don't I don't know man he's got a great arc and he nails it what what do we say about people who says well, what about West Chatham what about Stephen Strait I mean Stephen Strait was never destined to win a Baldy no. Stephen Strait has been <laughs> the space Jon Snow for a long time and that comes with yeah. connotations and West Chatham is just he's like it's better, not that's though. not a he's he's a, he's amazing he's badass mm-hmm. This was not but he's his kind season. Of, and also, he's kind of like the Hound in Game of Thrones. Like, he's sure. always going to be talked about as an amazing character, but, like, they don't give him the scenes that... Yeah. And, and also, his character is, is constructed in such a way that even if you give him a scene to really sink his teeth in, if he does, then he's not doing a good job playing Amos. Because mm-hmm. Amos is just disconnected from his emotions. And... Yeah, I really felt like last season was his season, and I think he got more due 
in last yeah. year's Baldies. Um, yeah, but he's still not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know about Michael Dorman as the the winner, but I also don't not know about it. Right. Uh, I feel like I need a rundown of everything that he did because I remember just a lot of his stuff with his kids this season. Um, yeah, where they're trying to get him out of the pool, you know, like he's sure he's just super depressed, just wallowing around and yeah, they're concerned for him, but he's trying to put on a brave face cause he's their dad. And like, he's, I, I don't know, man, I'm kind of okay with him winning. And like I said, he's got that just unimaginable charm when he turns it on and he does toward the end of the season. But I look at Lee Pace and Hamish Patel and I'm like, why not them? Like, honestly, I could make an argument for anyone in this top five being number one. There's not a clear <laughs> with a bullet number one. Like, there's not a, a Kevin Garvey. There's not a Jared Harris as. Uh, yeah. The, the Captain Crozier. Crozier or or Chernobyl, right? Like, or yeah, there's not there. There's not a consensus number one. I don't think. Um. Yeah, I feel you. Because we didn't see Brian Cox in Succession, <laughs> right? I don't even know right. if he's the big gun in that thing. I feel like one of the other older children, male children, is the one everybody talks about. But I don't know. I I I don't know. Like Gordo for real, Gordo. I'm. I I gotta say though that like the satisfaction of the Stevens couples arc in for all mankind, mm-hmm. like it is really up there. Yeah. It's really up there in like just heroics and, mm-hmm. uh, lumps in your throat and genuine emotion. And I don't think you get there with that Michael Dorman and his mustache for sure. And I, I really love the way that they handle that relationship. If I co- recall correctly, it was, I mean, it, it was obviously very rocky. Um, they, they separated for a long time, but they're like trying to navigate those waters of like, yeah, they've got the kids together and uh, things yeah. are rough between them, but they also still have a love for each other. That's And, and I think Gordo realizes that he, did let a lot of stupid dude bullshit get in the uh-huh. way. And he let, he let the love of his life like this. And you, when you meet and you see how they met the first time and what an yes. awesome person that Tracy is. God, the um, scenes are and, so and good. How, what, how awesome she was last season and her kind of arc. They're like, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in, in the best uh, female actor. Um, mm-hmm. When we get, when we get the, the Tracy aspect of it, but uh, yeah, I guess I'm talking myself into it because again, I, I fucking love the last three episodes of this season. It's some of the best television I've ever seen in my life. And it was gripping and exciting and emotional. And he was at the center of it. Mm -hmm. Lee Pace, great towering and posing a unique character, but pretty hammy, pretty kind of pulpy. Even Hamesh Patel, um, that's the one I guess I would argue for a number one over Michael Dorman. I was going to suggest I, what I if we swapped maybe, Lee Pace and Himesh Patel. And um, then uh, Brother Day and Brother Dusk eternally struggling <laughs> right. for third place. Locked in eternal combat. Uh, 
I don't think Ted, I don't think Ted, do you want to? Nah, he just doesn't. I uh, could make an argument for over Terrence though. Really? Those last couple episodes of Ted Lasso from the funeral on, or like, is that the episode of the funeral where the therapist comes to make the house call on him? I Um, think so i can't remember the exact timeline of that the, the, those last few like after the coach beard weirdo episode that was a good run for sudeikis a really yeah. good run and again terrence band did not have nearly as much to do Although, yeah. i don't know the, the 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 best episode of last season the foundation was kind of centered around terrence band though wasn't it brother dusk like they, they did the whole uh where we got to see the cycle turn over dusk turned to darkness a day being born like that episode is amazing. And he did a lot of the stuff that was amazing in it. Yeah. Then again, Jason Sudeikis had an entire season uh, of being true. a star. Uh, I don't know. I, I can maybe swap Sudeikis and man and call that. Is there a anybody list. that we'd rather have the top five? I don't think so. To me, I think there is that that's the one little bit of notch in the list because there's the the first five guys are very close and mm-hmm. no one had like a perfect character slash season but they're all like you know rock paper scissors up at the top there's a pretty there's a big drop off in my mind between jason sudeikis and like david wilmot but the, then again mm-hmm. i think the the like line Clark. that drops off to me is after david wilmot nick like, muhammad yeah with nate because that's then you're talking about really nichier roles and and smaller yeah. moments but uh, so what do you think? Ter- I don't know that. I don't know that Jason Sudeikis needs to go for Terrence man. It's just an, an argument to have. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if it's supported and by ultimately. screen time, then definitely Jason Sudeikis takes it. Um, cause Terrence man is not the, the center. That's not, by a, not a consideration, but I don't know if it's the most important one. I'm fine sure. with, you know what? Cause like the thing is, it's the top five is the top five. Mm-hmm. I would sweat five and six, four and five, especially with, Again, these are all very subtle differences and it's very subjective and I wouldn't hate anybody to have any of these in their their top five and in a different position. But and honestly, everyone in the top 10, you could probably make an argument for getting into that five slot. Um, Okay, I think we're done with best best male actor then. All right. Sweet. All right. See you in the next deliberation.